Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Better With Headphones. I am your host Callum McCulloch and this week I've got a very exciting guest. It's none other than James Bond from Busted. James is just this idol of mine, Busted with the first band I ever fell in love with and to have him come and talk about Busted and his career as an excellent songwriter, it was just an honour. James was playing King Tut on his solo tour, it was his first gig in three years and I sent him a message on Instagram just saying, can I come interview you for my podcast? And he said, yeah. I went along, he put me on guest list for the gig, and I got to see the sound check for the gig, and it was just overall a great night, and just something random and out of the blue. So, you'll talk about his time in Busted, his solo career, McBusted, uh, turning down Simon Cowell. Amazing story. And I'll just tell him about how much I love him. That's how it is. And if you like this, you can like it, you can share it, you can give us a nice review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. And yeah, enjoy the episode with James Bourne. Thank you. I'm actually fine for him. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. I said when I arrived, you are part of my childhood and... One thing I thought of, I was, what, 2002, Busted Debut Album came out? Yeah, it came out, uh, came out September, uh, September 2002. So, I was six years old, Wow. not making you feel old at yeah. that point. And I'm, older. I'm older than you. Yes. And my dad, I, on all time, and I put it in a TV, and then I called my dad up and go like that. Take your seat down, don't go like that. I'm singing along, cover my ears, going, I know all the words, I know all the words to this song. <laughs> so you are such an amazing part of my childhood. And I'm not the only one. How does it feel being some, some, so a lot of people's childhood? Like, yeah. you you mean so much to so many people. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of, uh, what the craziest thing actually about that song that you just mentioned, uh, Year 3000, is uh, I live in America now. Mm-hmm. I, I live in Los Angeles and the distance that song has traveled yeah. just around the world. Um, people have just had this connection. That song specifically is just kind of was a standout. There's something about that song. I don't know what it was. I think maybe the lyrics um, had like this charm about them Yeah. Um, that really kind of stuck out to people. Just about the, the references people would always like. Yeah, I think it was just, I think that song is just so fun and it's not, um, It's it's a very... The, the tone of the song is just kind of infectious because it's happy and it's very, it's it's quite, um, I don't know what the word is, it's, um, there's a word for it that I'm not getting, but like, <laughs> and pe- but, pe- but people, uh, people just, it reaches out to people yeah. in, the, in a way that like other songs don't do so easily. And it brings back a lot of memories for people as well. Yeah, and... Um, that, so you add in that with the nostalgia of it, it's quite powerful, and um, and yeah, and so you know I hear that from a lot of people, and it's amazing because it's kind of what you hope for. Because a lot of people, you know, they question whether people even remember the band in ten years time yeah. or five years time, and here we are, twenty years after that song came out, and people still want to talk about it. It's well, crazy. For people like me, when you split in two thousand and five, like I'd never got to see you, and then we came back, got to do another tour. It's like Oh, uh, doing another tour. It was like, this is I finally get to see 
busted. Mm-hmm. That first band I ever seen live was McFly. Yeah. And that's only because I couldn't see you guys live. Yeah, you missed us. I did miss you, and, but I did get to see Pigs Can't Fly to her. Pigs Can't Fly sorry. Nice. How did Wheatus end up supporting you? I became friends with Brendan, mm-hmm. who's the singer of Wheatus, like, when I was still in Busted the first time. Yeah. And Teenage Dirtbag was a song that really inspired Busted to, you know, in, in our songwriting and, you know, what I go to school for. And, you know, there's a lot of those DJ scratches. And, yeah, and, and, the, and the way the acoustic guitar is as well. Just the way the acoustic guitar and that kind of beat too. Like, mm. they, um, I mean, Teenage Dirtbag, I think, is just a very, like, superior uh, song because it sort of is a hip hop song. Yeah. With, which is, but is also a rock anthem yeah um which was uh really amazing um and it was anthemic and the way it was written like the the phrasings of the melodies and the the the, the, what the lines that repeat i mean it just kind of everything about that song was just very amazing what you wanted to not not only create in a way but have the same style of exactly so like when you find yourself like two years down the road in a position to actually pick up the phone and call someone like that you take it yeah and um, I was, you know, invited to write with Brendan. We wrote a song on his rooftop in Brooklyn, overlooking Manhattan. Jesus. And uh, we wrote the song Boy Band for Son of Dork, because mm-hmm. I was doing another band at the time. Yeah. And uh, we've been friends ever since. We toured Bowling for Soup together. He's oh. become, yeah, we're like close friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other person I remember. So, in our story, I've not been able to see you live, really, that picked. Don't fly or pick, pick can't fly to was a big deal for me because I had tickets to like busted as well, mm-hmm. and it was the same week I started my first job, so I couldn't go. My dad did security at it and met Dougie. Nice. So I come home and he's like, oh, "I met one of the guys from uh, that that band," and I'm just like, "Shut up! Do not talk to me at all." But Mark Office. Yeah. How did how did you get Mark Office? Is he? Oh, busted. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so Mark Office was like actually. It's a really crazy story, the way that I'm, I think Dougie, mm. so Dougie had kind of become friends with Mark, and when the bust had happened, and we were doing the album, we leaned on Dougie to like cool Mark, <laughs> and um, who is, by the way, like, the nicest guy you'll ever meet. I see a lot of people call him the dad of pop punk. Yeah. It's just like a, fa- a father figure to everyone, just that type of way. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and he, um, you know, like, he, he sung on a song, and um, featured, you know, he, he, he has no problem doing that. Yeah. Really. I think Blink-182 as well, like, because uh, they're such a cool band, um, I think it's it's cool how he's not afraid to just feature on whoever. And he'll just do, he'll feature on it. He's, he's just music, really. He's so friendly, yeah. Yeah. I remember reading a story years ago, and I don't know how true it was, that music on show Simon Kill said to Busted you wouldn't get anywhere for a drummer. Is that true? He said that, I mean, he it was kind of, what happened was, is we played for him in his office mm-hmm. and he wanted to sign us. He was very aggressive about signing the band, offering like very big deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but one of his conditions was he wanted us to add a drummer. Mm-hmm. But because he was interested in us, a lot of people were offering us deals. Yeah. And we just felt like, you know, we can, when we play live, you can have whatever drummer we want. You could have a session musician. Yeah, and and, and you know what, I think um, Simon Cowell has definitely, like, been very successful just as an A&R guy, and and now he's even more successful as, like, a TV mogul. Mm -hmm. But 
I wasn't sure how much he really knew about like the other side. Yeah. You know, of like actual bands. I don't know how much he'd fully know about pop punk. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? And, and not that he would even care, and not that he even needs to care. Yeah. Because he's such, you know, he's way more successful than all of us. But like the point is, is that for our future as a band and our own happiness, we just felt like. Yeah, not having a drummer has actually served us in a really cool way because every time we come back and do a tour, we get to choose our drummer. Yeah. So we had Cobus, and we had Eddie Thrower, and we had you know we've had like the best drummers. We also had Harry Judits at one point, didn't we? Yeah. Before, yeah. Before but we McFly. get to ch- we we got to choose to have him to drum in one of our videos. But McFly have to have him. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, all the time. <laughs> Whenever McFly play a gig. They have to have Harry. Yeah. Um, but and and I think that that was good. Actually, set them that that like McFly that set them apart from us as well. Do you know what I mean? But like, um, I'm just saying that busted not having a drummer has actually I think served us really nicely because it's less people that have to agree to stuff. Yeah. And we can choose an amazing drummer each time we tour. Yeah. I, I like the idea of not having a drummer and just having the three years with uh, two guitarists and Matt yeah. on bass as and well. Being in a band can be so difficult sometimes that the less people that have to agree about stuff, the like, better. You think of like, try to think of duos like Royal Bloods or Slaves, just the two of them. Good Charlotte didn't have a drummer. <laughs> no, it's just about Benji and Joel, isn't it? That's all about everyone. They're the only ones that everyone mainly knows. Yeah. I never seen them in Cameron Diaz was at side of stage and I was like, it's weird that you're in Glasgow. Like yeah, that. recognize you. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen their voice and seen your films. Um, so you've got a new solo album coming out this summer. Yeah. You record nearly? Sorry? You record nearly? Then what? You record your music all in LA? No. Did it on an island. In an island? Yeah, in the Caribbean. In Saint Lucia. Okay, that's ten times better than LA. Yeah. And then I and and then I went to do fi- finishes on the album in Minneapolis. Ooh. Did you get a boat? Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote the album on the island, and I started recording on the island, and then I went to finish the album. On the so that's why there's a, because there's a real tropical feel about it, especially with the covers. Oh yeah. The singles you released. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, all the videos are all shot on location, mm-hmm. and uh, where the album was created. So it was like you know when I when I realised I was going to do that, it was like felt like a real concept album. Yeah. Where hey, I'm on this island. Uh, let's just like you know have some fun. Yeah, have a good um, time of it. Yeah. Dude, what's your songwriting process like? Like, do you do melody first, or do music first, or lyrics just appear? It's kind of like a feeling that you get, uh, and you communicate that feeling like simultaneously, lyric and melody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I don't really put my songs together like jigsaw puzzles. Yeah. Um, I kind of just. You know, it's like, I think the thing about music is almost like, it's almost like uh, the sound of emojis. Mm. You know when you type and you put emojis? Yeah. You use the emojis to put a feeling to the, the words you write. Yeah. It's like when you send a message and if you don't put like a laughing emoji, you just send yeah. like a decade of points. Yeah, so like the music is a little bit like, uh, the music is, is the emoji part of the song. Yeah. Because it tells you how you're feeling, mm-hmm. um, and so if you're singing, so if you're saying lyrics, you need the music to communicate the tone of those lyrics. Yeah. And so for me, that comes at the same time. I, I the the way the lyric makes me feel, that's how I sing and play it. Yeah. And that to me is songwriting in its like simplest form. 
Which is the best song you've ever written? Um, the best one or the most successful one? Is it different? I'll go, I'll go with best one first and then most successful second. Like, I mean, for me, I write the best songs. I do think... So, I mean, I, it's so... I, I would say... I would say, like, the... I think... Okay, for me, currently, I think the best song I've ever written is Time Kills Us All. Right. Uh, in the way that, uh, you know, like there, there are certain things I like to cover. Like, I like to, I like to try and be original. I like to be memorable. Yeah. And I like to be relatable. Yeah. And I feel like if I can, like, hit those things when I'm songwriting, I can actually give something that's worth giving to people. Yeah. Um, that's the best way to be as well, but it's yeah. Yeah, and because, you know, you have to, you know, people have to, no one's going to, like, listen to your music for you. Yeah. Everyone sh is going to, like, listen to music for them. Yeah. And so what are you giving? Story on as well. Yeah, like, what are you giving people? Yeah. Really? Uh, so for me, currently, I would say that is the best song I've written. I, you know, because I'm looking at it from a different way from other people, mm -hmm. you know, because when you've written so many songs, I've written hundreds of songs, sooner or later it it comes more about like how do you keep doing it and not repeating old stuff yeah and 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 still loving it yeah as well and how do you like progress and how do you grow in your songwriting and for me that was what was great about being on the island is i was somewhere new yeah i was somewhere different Taking and feel, feels and the vibes i was in a whole different mindset and i i was excited about the kind of songs that would come from that experience do you ever think about how and I know this when Olivia Rodrigo released her album. Yeah. And she was getting pulled up for a lot of plagiarism and songs sounding the same. But yeah. do you ever feel like you're going to write something and go, that sounds like that? But everything has. I mean, it's hard to find that I, one spot. I, yeah, I think um, definitely, like, you sometimes, though, you hear moments of songs. I think music's just music, isn't it? I think mm -hmm. as long as you're not, you know, blatantly ripping a song off. Um, like Oasis. There's only yeah. There's only so many uh, things, but it's it, it comes down to like the reason you're writing the song and the point of the song. Mm -hmm. And if there's real reason behind the song, the real point to what you're saying, the chances of you ripping another song off are really low. Yeah. Because uh, it's hard enough actually to cover some songs, <laughs> let alone copy them. I've, so, uh, I love uh, you know Frightened Rabbit, Scottish band. Yeah. I, try to I think they're amazing, actually. I love them. Try to learn all their songs on guitar, and I just can't. There's something about the way he played the guitar that I just can't get it at all. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. Like you won't be able to, you won't be able, to, you won't be able to copy it if you try. No, you can't get it bang on. My band actually split up last week for the last show, uh, and it was a first show in two years, but after nine years, and all our songs are on Spotify. But I had to learn the songs again, and I'm playing them, going no matter what, no one will play it exactly like I've ever played this. And I find that a weird thought mm. when you've done something. They weren't very good and they weren't very big, but I like that thought of it. There's so many different things that go into a song. You know, tempo, key, rhythm, feel, mm -hmm. melody, lyric. I mean, already, what, that was like five, yeah. six things. Five, six things. The yeah. chances that all those things are going to be the same is right. quite, you know, you the really are. Ones. Yeah. I mean, there are only so many chords. When people hear, oh, that chord's like that chord, it's like, okay, yeah, so you identify that that chord's the same as that chord. <laughs> and for some people, they go, well, that's the same. So it's, well, it's not, you know, it's just the same chord. A lot of the songs use the same chords. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
it's like the I don't really know chord progressions and I don't know I know I play guitar but not yeah. that like I can't even think of the word like the insides of it all like I don't know all that so I just play random chords but I know oh, I like that one that follows that one but you're always going to make something original you can always do that just change the strumming pattern or yeah yeah I mean that's what I feel like came from Sugar Beach was I got to uh, I got to kind of come up with new songs in a new place, mm-hmm. in a new frame of mind, and I got a great album out of it. And there was one song on the album that was a cover from a previous album that I wanted to do in the style of the new songs I was writing. Yeah. Um, I like that. So, like, you know, I did that, and that was really good. Yeah. Um, that came out, that came out great doing it tonight, and um, and then there was, uh, you know, there's a song on the album called Mosquito that I wrote while I was being attacked by a mosquito. And I sort of freestyled this song uh, and recorded it. <laughs> and that went on the album. Um, That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I was, it was like, because you remember it was like in lockdown, I was having to stay. It was very nice. Don't, don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> I was in like very nice five star uh, rental, like this kind of. Uh, it was like my own house, mm-hmm. and it had its own swimming pool. So I was sitting in the swimming pool with my guitar, and the mosquito came. And all the videos, when I shot the videos for the songs, they all are shot in that place. Same place. So, yeah, yeah. So like, um, so like, you can see like the setting of where the song actually got written, because I recreated in the videos the mood like, of how the song was written. I like the idea of that. I think it's- a really cool thing to do. Yeah, my I, I, it's really mental because I haven't really, I haven't really spoken about this album much because this album has been like completely independently uh, made and released. And yeah. So you know when we had like a label, my last album had a label. I was a bit more press about it, but like you know when you when you make stuff, it's forever. And I just kind of feel like these videos, these songs will be on my Spotify, will be on my YouTube for a yeah. long time, and people will get to see it eventually. And plus, with you, who's grown up with your music through Busted, McBusted. Do people will follow your music and keep going with you and that's obviously when you can go independent that's a great thing to now have that there's always going to be people like sold out to me is it? King Tuts yeah I don't know if it is is it? I went on the website earlier and it is sold out oh I, did, I don't know if it came out saying tickets are not available and ticket oh, wow. usually sends you them via email interesting well I mean um, I think I'll be good in there tonight yeah I think uh, I, I know that it's definitely I didn't know that it was sold out, but I know that there's definitely a lot of people coming, and um, I think it'll be really fun. Amazing. First time I've played live in like two years. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So I'll probably be really rusty. <laughs> yeah, it's good to get into it, isn't it? Yeah. I don't. I think I may have got your hopes up if it isn't sold out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. Ticket webs lied to me. Well, you're coming, so. I'm coming. I can't wait. You doing busted songs? I don't know. I want to. I just. I just feel like. You know, my band aren't here. Yeah. And I've got so much new music hey, what? that I want to play. I, I really like that. And I've got, you know, and I've got, you know, I've got like two, I've, re- I've released two albums in the pandemic. Yeah. And I, I haven't had a chance to play any of these songs. And, and see reactions to yeah, them. Yeah, and I want to experience them with an audience. Yeah. No, I, last time I was here was two or three weeks ago with Nia Nesbitt was playing. And she played new songs and I just liked, okay, if you want to see the bigger songs, there's a big tour, but I've got an album coming out. 
what's your reaction to these songs and want to see the feel of it. Yeah, she's testing a new stuff. Yeah, it's like those stand-ups, those are shows that everyone has to test out on someone. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Hart, I went to one of his stand-up shows, he was testing stuff that was like for 50 people. Yeah. Uh, th- those things are good. Like, there's going to be, I reckon there'll be like 150 people here tonight. That's good. It's great. You ever played Tux before? Yeah, 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years ago. So oh, myself. Yeah. Did you enjoy it then? Yeah. That's why, I'm, that's why I came back. It's changed a lot, I think. Has it? Not really. Not changed. I know one year's changed since I was last in this room. It's nicer. Uh, it's a lot nicer. It was your picture I've seen when you're making the tea. Yeah. That I was like, oh, they painted the room. Yeah. It used to be blue in here. Yeah. yeah. I like this colour better. I really like this colour. That's, well, burgundy. Love it. Yeah. But thank you very much for doing yeah. this. Yeah, thanks for coming. I should uh, take a, what's it called, shoot my shot with a message. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyone else coming? Any I've not sent any messages yet, yeah, but cool. issues in that, but I'm going to send. I'm going to go downstairs and get a drink. Oh, me? How about a sound check? Oh, I've seen sound check. Yeah. Can't wait for that, but mm. perfect. Thank, Thank you very much for that. Thanks for coming.